0: Heaven high.
1: Let's get over this now. Done with
0: what? You just want to get this podcast finished? Okay, then. Thanks very much for yeah. listening. Bye.
1: Episode two hundred and forty-five is the only solution to the Christmas advert problem to require a referendum before broadcast. You can email us at podcast at ramdoings dot com at ramdoings on Twitter. You won't. Uh, you won't. How, you, how have you been doing?
0: Take, 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 take. That's what they do.
1: Yeah. They do, don't they? Never any give at all. Little,
0: just. I know we're not allowed to swear on this podcast, Nick. But Don't I'm going swear, to. no. I'm going well, to. Well, you they can use a melon faces.
1: Oh, That's going to cause problems with the censor.
0: Mm-hmm. The government.
1: We were having a debate this morning. There was... Um, were we? It, well, I was with, with, with somebody else, believe uh. it or not. Um, Victoria was reading this article by a child psychologist in America who happens to be a Latino gentleman. And he had been out at a restaurant with his friends uh, to celebrate the getting of his PhD. And when he left the restaurant, he was waiting in line uh, for, I believe, his car to be uh, brought back. A lady who was coming into the restaurant put her car keys into his hands, obviously assuming <laughs> that he was one of those. <laughs> now, uh, he then said, oh, I'm now going to write do a full thesis on how racism causes... um massive problems with regard to self-image blah 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 and the concomitant effects and i said is that actually necessarily racism in the sense just that confusion. we no but in the sense that we understand racism which is you use a prejudicial notion to um uh, to act against somebody's individual uh, rights and interests or is it just confusion because after all we are evolved To be pattern matching, and Mm -hmm. and a very large percentage at the moment of Latino people in America are in service in lower service industry jobs. So it's like the pattern matching went wrong. The thing that we've evolved to be able to spot certain um, trends in nature went wrong at that time. And I argued, I don't think it's look if she if she then has interviews in her company and she's in HR and she won't interview somebody, even though he's good because he or she happens to be a Latino. That's when it becomes racism. And and also, I said, it's not as big a problem as that because every new generation of income has that. It happened to the Irish and the Jews and the Italians and so on. And then within a few generations, you know, nobody can, most people, reasonable people don't notice anymore. So we know that by the middle of the century, um America will be a majority Latino nation. There will be a Latino aristocracy and the Latino people will be putting their keys into the hands of the next generations of immigrants and making mistakes to that degree as well. So I wasn't as worried about it as perhaps this gentleman is uh, but perhaps that's my privilege. But then Uh, again I I come from, hold on, wait I'm allowed to say words. No, not allowed yet. I haven't finished my sentence. But if you say that then you have to admit that the exact same thing was happening to people like me when they moved to America at the beginning of the 20th century. Uh, Lower East Side Jews who were expected only to be tailors and run, uh, run delis and do menial jobs uh, and were massively discriminated against, as were Italians and Irish and so on. I just think it's kind of inevitable as a new generation of immigrants comes into a country and most of them then end up assimilating and doing fine. Uh, and I think the same thing will happen to Latinos. The same thing obviously happens to a degree to Eastern European migrants to the UK and so forth. So I'm not I'm not going to cry. What What are you doing? Am I allowed to speak yet? I no, because you're banging. Wait, you were
0: repeating yourself. So I thought I'd play a game on my phone until it was my turn to speak.
1: Uh, I, I can't. What, what was that banging and the thumping?
0: There was no banging or thumping. You're having a stroke.
1: I've had enough of you.
0: What I would like to say is, no, I don't think she was being racist. I think he probably experienced racism while she wasn't being racist at him that would be is that possible yes i think so he was really? experiencing a broader cultural racism
1: while she was not but is it a broader cultural a, a racism of
0: mistaken identity
1: when does when does rational pattern matching that may or may occasionally go wrong become racism i think if you know uh, i think he was problem.
0: experiencing uh, an assumption that he was someone he was not because of his race. So for him, there was uh, a racial element to it that for her, she was, as you say, pattern matching. Um, I mean, it maybe it behooves white Americans
1: to stop making such assumptions at this point. Why? But oh, why? If 90% of X, if you see something that's 90% X, and you then tell your your brain, I know you've evolved to see that when 90% is X to make an induction, inductive leap to presume that the 91st thing you see will also be X and deal with the consequences in the rare exceptions. You're saying, no, override that with the neocortex because polite. Yes, uh, yes. N- I don't think that's the way things work. Generally, you can't override such primitive... You can, tr- uh, instance, but you can try. But, no, but what... It's but nice perhaps, to try. It is nice to try, but it's but yeah. usually futile. Better would be to find a way to leverage prim- other primitive systems that then do it for you. It's like saying to somebody who's obese, oh, just use willpower. Well, you can try, but it's probably not going to work because you've evolved not to do that when it comes to food. Similarly, I'm very suspicious of things that try to uh, suggest that we have a kind of sin that if we just get rid of that sin, we get back to our original niceness. I, I-, I th- That sounds good, but tends not to work generally. So uh, if you look at what's actually dealt with problems like this, it's usually just that people's uh, pattern matching stops working because the people like that end up being in other situations where the patterns don't work anymore. As I said, uh, Irish and Italian and Jews in the early immigrant status, certain pattern matching work doesn't work so well anymore. So most reasonable people give it up. And then... Those where that pattern matching metastasized into something nasty, don't give it up. And then they become utterly irrational. I agree. As I said, where I think the pattern matching becomes a problem is where you presume, okay, this person has come in for a job. Most of these people only do jobs that are in this category. Therefore, they can't do jobs that are in that category. Therefore, I'm not even going to consider them for that job. By the way, there's constant ruffling and crackling, by the way. There is no crackling. You're imagining it. Well, the listeners will hear it at your end you're you're rubbing something, you're two messcent self, and that's causing static sound on the microphone. Listen to me, Nick. if I'm not allowed to masturbate during rum doings, what's even the point- it, well exactly i I think that that's true so so don't don't you think that might that did you see the differentiation i I draw there? I think it's typical for a Jew to say something like that exactly do you see and, what I did uh, there? It's my little joke yeah but 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 you but you do see the differentiation I, I i honestly believe that we shouldn't shame people for making inductive leaps we should shame them when they use those inductive leaps to work to the disadvantage of any individual they meet
0: i don't think there's anything wrong with saying we are still here saying i have experienced this sorry bang the desk then grief maybe you need some therapy um for that to get through that moment uh, i think I think it's reasonable to say, we are still here. I have observed, I have experienced this. This is less than I
1: wish for. Um, this is where we are. Isn't that a bit rude? There. Isn't that a bit rude to people who act as valets and porters? How dare you assume I'm someone so lowly? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely.
1: And I'd love to, I'd love then to come kind of question his assumptions about status at that point. You see, if, if he if he felt belittled by it or say, really? So these people are... Beneath you. Beneath you. So you can see it opens up a a fascinating kind of range of questions beyond the first one, which, of course, is what we like to do on Rum Doings, and then immediately change the subject. Uh, What's your favourite biscuit?
0: I'm not allowed biscuits anymore.
1: No, but that's why I asked you. I've never
0: been a biscuity person. It's never been my... I think because I grew up without biscuits in the house.
1: You grew up without biscuits? Yes, well,
0: because if we had anything in our house that could just be picked up and eaten...
1: It would be picked up and eaten. It would
0: be picked up and eaten by my dad. And so my right. mum had to keep the house free of anything that could just be eaten. So everything had to be constructed before consumption in our house. So there Good were no idea. crisps,
1: no biscuits, nothing like that. It's interesting. And because you didn't have it, you don't have this kind of childish craving for... Neither, neither
0: interests me. However, it did have the counter effect that the what I would spend absolutely all of my money on before when I was sort of pre-teen, was on sweets. I would go to shops and just buy sweets and get, got very
1: fat. Oh, right. And which was your favourite sweet of those? What oh, was the king sweet?
0: All sorts of different sweets I liked. Uh, but I think, as a child, my absolute favourite, and I can't even. if I found them quite so, unpleasant. So, now.
1: We, you see, we want to hear about your sweet racism here. Fruit you, we, pastels. You, you, that's just pathetic and that Well, kid I don't even
0: like them now. I found them a kid quite would an ordeal to f- get through. But as a child, that was my go-to.
1: A child would choose something as banal and old fogeyish as a fruit pastel, as his favourite. That's a disgrace to all childhood.
0: I'm sorry, I apologise to childs.
1: Uh, I think everybody's going to be very disappointed in you now, in the I young John. I like the John.
0: sherbet dip-dab as well, but not as much.
1: That's better, because that's at least a childish thing. But fruit pastel, what, what, what's going to be nice? Barley sugar. It's or, nice, uh, I
0: like them, apart from the green ones, obviously.
1: Wine gums.
0: Oh, no, I didn't like wine gums. I wasn't a murderer.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, Talking of murder, have you been in. uh, Are you happy that uh, um, Mugabe's currently locked up in his living room?
0: I I, I think I'd be happier if uh, if it weren't a military coup. That seems quite frightening. But yes, it's good that Mugabe's uh, come to an end.
1: For the moment, until it all goes. Yeah, we'll see how it ends.
0: Uh, President Erdogan didn't exactly get hindered by it, did he? Yeah,
1: I think we know how it's going to end. Well, we've got a pretty good idea because we're all racist.
0: I don't understand. How do you think it's going to end?
1: I think it's going to end with Zimbabwe becoming the Hong Kong of Africa. Do you? And there'd be massive skyscrapers in Harare and... Uh, tolerance and peace and economic prosperity will become a model unto the world. That's how I think it's going to end because I'm not a racist like you are. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. It is. I I don't know how it's going to end because I don't
0: really understand the situation at all. I tried to learn a bit yesterday. I learned about Grace Mugabe.
1: Yeah, and you can see why some people aren't that keen that she take on the mantle.
0: She, well, she
1: sounds like she'd be very good at the job. (laughs) That's the problem, yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um... I imagine she's been being good at the job while her husband's been in his 90s for a while. I can't imagine that he's particularly with it at 93.
1: No. Amazing that he's still around, though, isn't it?
0: Well, I love the fact that the deputy that she just got uh, fired was 75. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was a spring chicken.
1: Of course. Are you you looking forward to getting gay married in uh, Australia?
0: Well, not yet, because it's got to get through their horribly uh, bigoted parliament yet. But, surely but I'm glad that Australia itself has shown it to be slightly less regressive than thought. But surely it will get through. You'd hope so, but don't forget just how awful the Australian government truly is.
1: Uh, yeah, but when push comes to shove, you know what governments are like when, there's a, when the people have spoken. Look at Brexit, you know. <laughs> the oh my have goodness, spoken. I
0: heard yet again on the on the Radio 4 yesterday... There was a conservative and a Labour having a little mm-hmm. post Wednesday argument at lunch mm-hmm. on the world at one, mm-hmm. and and the Labour were saying, "Well, we respect the views of the people and respect Brexit in a way that the Tories don't." Like, oh, come uh, on!
1: Oh, it's Corbyn not. Corbyn is so wretched.
0: He's so useless, and of course, it was a Corbyn fan
1: naturally who
0: was on to represent. And yes, it's just oh, it's just so demoralising. That can you imagine if Labour said actually, okay, enough's enough. This isn't going to work. People wanted it for these reasons, and people, you know, and we we can pretend. Let, let's pretend it's not because people were racist, which is why. Brexit mm. was Brexit was unequivocally voted through out of uh, because people are wretched and racist. That's why.
1: No, don't even. say. It's no not one's racist. allowed to say it's, that it's in it's government. Not, it's not. I think racist gives it too much an out. It's, it's a. It's worse than that because at least racism is. It puts one sort of prejudice. Okay, in a yes. little box. It's a. It's a wider, more problematic xenophobia because if yes. you remember it was e- primarily eastern europeans they hated uh, the hatred of anybody whom you can blame anything on but your own circumstances just a sort it, of it, more yeah.
0: mealy-mouthed bigotry then
1: yeah because at least racism you can really you can target you know the sort yeah. of thing we were talking about earlier whereas this it's kind of like trying to attack a bog where do you even start mm-hmm. uh, okay so absolutely yeah. so that's what that's yeah.
0: why brexit succeeded out, out yeah. of people's hatred
1: it yes. was born of hate and so they hate trying and to fear no and fear come it. on be fair be so fair hate be fair hate and fear whether that fear yeah, okay. was rational or not yeah yeah fair um
0: and you know and it doesn't it's not you don't have to be a, a sociologist to look at the pattern of the turning of the f- words like asylum seeker into a bad phrase rather than a, oh my goodness how can i help phrase Hmm. Um, you know, this is the result of decades of work by uh, right-wing politicians and right-wing newspapers. And then they, so they, they had their little success. But of course, it, it's not a good thing. It's not practical. It's not pragmatic. It's not useful to anyone. It doesn't actually help in any of the ways that anyone was told it would. So at that point, you say, OK, you voted for this, but actually this doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. And also, we are a parliamentary democracy. We're not a direct mm-hmm. republic autocracy, So suck it up. And... At that point, I think that the argument is, OK, well, there'll be a revolution. Well, fine, let's have a revolution then. Let's get this sorted once yeah. and for all. Fine. Can you imagine the revolution
0: from Brexiteers? It wouldn't be a revolution. It would just be a lot of people complaining in their lounges.
1: Like they're not doing it at the moment. I well, Remember the countryside march? A lot yeah. of people coming in from North Norfolk to shuffle into London and whinge. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, it was fine. Let them have their, let them believe that there's going to be a revolution. Do it, let it happen. Cause it, it will just be some, some snuffly complaining.
1: Can you imagine you just said, look, we are a parliamentary democracy. Those people who wanted us to have our sovereignty back. This is what sovereignty mm-hmm. looks like in the United Kingdom. Um, and uh, the point of our sovereignty is because we think people can be quite thick a lot of the time, and we're here to protect you from your own idiocy. Like you know, when you get a plumber in rather than try and fixing your own toilet. Uh, and uh, so, nope, sorry, we listened, didn't really, couldn't be made to work. Give the luck. old
0: college try. It if you work. If,
1: if you have any if you have any problem with that, feel free to uh, vote for a party that's going to give it to you. Uh, yeah. UKIP's still around. Uh, uh, you know vote for them everybody vote for ukip then and then ukip and then of course what would happen would would be that it would just continue it's not as it's not as if people won't have democratic recourse if they feel betrayed they could uh, go to a party that promises that they will then uh fulfill the the advisory plebiscite
0: and there's no win there's no win for the party that successfully manages to bumble its way through brexit because what will happen is none of the promised things will occur because they they can't they don't exist Mm. they're not possible whatever it might be Mm. and the people who voted for brexit and who then saw the consequences of it aren't Mm. going to say oh oops they're going to say you've done it wrong you haven't kept the promises you made you have let me down so there's no there's no there's no parliamentary win here to be gained there's nothing for the Tories they are not going to get anything out of it the party that sees Brexit through is the party that's going to be blamed for the inevitability of it so they're they're dooming themselves with it anyway
1: I can only think and when I looked at uh, one has to be a little conspiracist about it because when I look at the number of very large um, uh, funds started by multi-billionaires most of whom were non-DOM to support Brexit, whereas almost every business knows that that would be disastrous, I have to think there is some peculiar agenda in it. And it almost seems to me like there was the assumption that if we could get out of the EU and get out of a lot of these other um, international obligations, then Britain itself could effectively become a kind of uh, stash away your money, tax haven. Whereas at the moment they have to rely on the Channel Islands and uh, Bermuda and so on. Uh, if there was, I think they realised this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity where they could convert Britain into a kind of billionaire's pirate nation, and by extricating themselves from all their international obligations and treaties, that was some. That was an opportunity that they saw. And thought this is too good to pass up because it could. I mean, once you're effectively, it's turning Britain into a rogue nation and they will be able to imagine being able to use Britain where you don't. It's not like having to go to Kazakhstan or something. You can just use Britain. You can come to London and you can make your piracy uh, dreams come true and then have a nice lunch. (laughs) Uh, I think uh, I, I think that's probably what this was. This was about Because otherwise, what is it? What's in it for? these non-dom, multi- non-dom multi-billionaires to have been so pinnacally supportive of it. Is there If there's an alternative hypothesis that Occam suggests works better, I'd like to hear it. Because no, most rational businesses are not interested in it at all. know it, no, it will be a disaster. It's basically the uh, non-dom billionaire funds and Mr. Dyson and his vacuum cleaners and nobody else thinks it's a good thing.
0: Has Mr. Dyson turned up in the Paradise Papers yet?
1: Oh, I'm sure he has. Who hasn't? Have you? Uh, if only <laughs> my dream. My dream one day is to turn up in the Paradise.
0: <laughs> <Rest>.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, we we do ridiculous things. Like I mean, our directors at positive. Are paid via paye. It's unheard of. People people in in the Big Boy Club laugh at us about how um, uh, tax transparent we are. It's terrible. You Probably fools. just because we're too lazy. We are. Um, so yeah, no, I'm afraid we do not uh, appear there yet. But one day. Fingers crossed, we'll all, we'll all be emerging from whatever sordidly. Although nobody cared about it this time, of course, because you're only allowed to have one scandal of type X. That's yes, so right. Went, We're the too Panama busy Papers having
0: a um, uh, touchy feely scandal at the moment to have a yeah, an tax scandal.
1: And, exactly, and Panama Papers down. We've done that one. <laughs> Not even <interested laughs> the second album. Trouble, troublesome second and third albums. No, it rarely works. So no tough. Whereas, of course, I think the Paradise Papers is even more revelatory, uh, but nobody cares. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that basically the reason that... That's the the, the wonderful irony of this all. The things that the Brexiteers in impoverished parts of Britain were legitimately upset about Mm -hmm. were actually caused by the withholding of tax and infrastructural funding by the very people who were paying these people to be upset about the foreigners. So, you know, that, the, the people who are funding Brexit were the people who were causing the problems that led to the people to want to vote for Brexit in the first place. Yep. Uh, and, uh, but that's not a big story. Uh, I, I'm getting tired. I'm getting fatigue with the touchy-feely people now. I How know. long
0: do you think before South Africa finds itself in a coup situation?
1: Um, I don't know, relatively quickly, I would suppose. I don't think... I mean, when when, when Zuma... When, when's, the, when's the next election? When's he nominally supposed to go? Is it, was it, is it next year? I think so. Yeah,
0: somewhere somewhere around then. Do you think it'll be that quick? Co- don't you think he'll have to cling on for a few more years than he should have before people
1: will start to care? Uh, it could be next year. It could be um, in 10 years. I don't know. But I don't think it'll be 10 years. I think it'll be closer to two or three. Because there, there are a lot of... Um, the problem for him is there are a lot of uh, people who want their turn now as well, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't let them have their turn, he's either got to be ruthless against them, or they will—they'll um, get rid of him and his lot. So imagine fun. if someone wanted to govern a country for the better interests of the country. <laughs> But why, why would you get into that? It's a terrible job and only people the only people who want to do it are people who realise that they're going to get substantial benefits from it. Otherwise, you won't bother. Well, Nobody hang on. G-
0: why can't you say, I want to do this for the betterment of the country, but I also recognise there's some benefits?
1: No, nah, I don't think so. Because if you look at the grind that's required and the kind of sociopathic narcissism that's needed in order to be the sort of person who can get to the top in politics and to be recognised and to schmooze, it becomes a kind of self-selecting troika so you can't really what frustrates
0: me about south africa is they've got zimbabwe right there to watch they go look look, this is you in 20 years can't you see that
1: Uh, a lot of people are saying good they like uh, mugabe they they are uh, they admire the amount of wealth he was able to collect for himself and are waiting for their turn so yeah mugabe is well well liked isn't saying that i think the populace sees still sees him uh, a large proportion of the populace still sees him as a as a, an African success story, because you know he gave Whitey the push, and that's what matters still to them. I think eventually, hopefully, it'll be realised that that's not enough to run a successful country. But we'll see.
0: I was trying to imagine like how how far is any country from this? How far is Britain from that? Um, but then I realised that you know, obviously, South Africa is your is your is your is your origin country. Mm-hmm. So does does it feel? Is there something sort of tangibly awful about knowing? That it happened where you were born?
1: That it is about to
0: happen, it could happen, and all this. Well remember going I've wrong.
1: got I've got lots of relatives that still live there. Yeah. So it's not just even theoretical. Um it's not something that I think of much, but when I do it's just a kind of depression. Yeah. More than anything else. Because um it should have had the opportunity to become something that everybody that 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 idiots think it has become but hasn't. Um, a huge amount of opportunity was squandered after the ANC came into power. And if it hadn't been squandered, it would be in a wonderful position at the moment. How much do you
0: level at the feet of Nelson Mandela?
1: Quite a lot in a funny way, because on the one hand, his qualities were also the problem. His qualities probably stopped, um, an immediate violent revolution, which was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they also allowed so much to be papered over that otherwise wouldn't be papered over. Uh, And a a large amount of graft and corruption was allowed to happen within the party because they had a pretty face in front of the party to uh, stop anybody from being too harsh about it. And I think it's the same sort of thing if you think about Bill Clinton or you think about Barack Obama. When you have personable interesting uh avuncular people who speak well uh it's almost worse than when you have someone like trump who puts a bad face on bad policies nobody at the moment is beguiled by what trump and his people are doing we see the seething evil of it oh, but well,
0: when no no there's not it's not nobody it's half of america
1: no nah, please i'm talking about proper people not rubbish people. <laughs> I'm talking about, look, idiots will always just... Yes. Yeah. I'm talking about the people... The, you know, Plenty of people allowed Clinton and Obama to get away with terrible policies and terribly corrupt things that they would never have, have given lip service to if it had been somebody incompetent or nasty like Tricky Dicky or, uh, or, or Trump. Uh, things like when um, Obama effectively didn't do anything about bank reform at all. He effectively just continued what Bush was doing, uh, allowed the banks to get away with murder, allowed further consolidation. No, there was no proper follow up or accounting to be done after the the 2008 nonsense. And that was a terrible thing, mistake that he made. But nobody was talking about or really cared about it because he was very polite and spoke well. And that things like that, are I think, are very important. He was remember, he was dubbed by some the deporter in chief. If you look at what he actually did with regard to immigration and deportations, he was doing stuff yes. that uh, Trump's talking about doing, but even worse, but he was polite and he did a great speech at the uh, correspondence dinner. So we ignore that. He
0: was you know, funny start... on SNL.
1: Exactly. So you start peeling these things back and you have to argue uh, what, uh, what, I, what I find terrifying, what I really find problematic is, can you imagine if you had somebody who was as personably talented as Obama but was kind of quite far right and then he got power so you had
0: there is the sort of protective layer in that
1: there is a degree of stupidity
0: that comes with the farther you are to the right
1: yeah, but you say that, but really there's also a degree of st- stupidity that uh, the farther you get to the yeah, left. Yeah, of
0: course, of course. But I'm saying, but it, it, so when you go too far in one direction, you're, you're sort of protected by the inherent
1: stupidity of the individual. Well, unless that individual is actually a sociopath and is thinking... There's that. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use all my personal charm to get this and this done because that's going to achieve me that and that. Uh, and I think we've seen some examples of that in history, haven't we? Yes. You know? Yes. So so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think Pence is going to be... You always say, oh, well, what's worse, President Trump or President Pence? President Pence is worse, but Pence is not the nice guy. There's some guy who's kind of like the JFK of the right, who's being groomed at the moment. And then when his turn comes, then we're in trouble. And you know what? We might not even realise. He may even be a Democrat. That's a funny thing, because... <gasps> Because if imagine a Democrat and, and to the extent Bill Clinton did this, who really destroyed America's New Deal uh, consensus? Who got rid of uh, the safety net in America? It wasn't Ronald Reagan. It was it was it was Bill Clinton who threw who started the massive incarceration of uh, black males in America. It wasn't Ronald Reagan. It was Bill Clinton. But, you know, he played the saxophone and he was considered of the left. Very little of what Clinton actually did when you actually um, examine it in the cold light of the day looks that leftist to me. So that's the sort of thing I think will happen. It'll be this kind of um, uh, candidate that appears to be of the left because he plays the sax and is cool and is in the Democratic Party, but actually does stuff that kind of the Republicans wouldn't dream of even trying. Um, Remember... uh, uh, it's a kind of Blair sort of character, but worse than Blair. So you're sort of describing the Antichrist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, do you not expect the Antichrist to be popping around one of these days? <laughs> yeah, of course, because uh, as as everyone knows, the likeliest time for the end of the world is within your own lifetime. <laughs> yes, as always, it's always been such. Yes. Yeah. Oh dear. What are you doing for Crimble this year? Talking about Christ.
0: we're just having him over for tea
1: of course Uh, anyone else?
0: Uh, well when you've got Jesus you get a bunch of his acolytes and stuff they turn up too so don't Mm. really have room for relatives after that oh okay no we're having Uh, uh, Laura's mummy and daddy coming down
1: turkey of course not of course you had a chicken one year did
0: we? did we have a chicken?
1: I can't remember yes the doings people will remember that you, yes, you bought probably. a chicken one year because you thought a turkey was too expensive. Well, they, it's, a, it's a good point that they are too expensive. Good point, uh, Dead now dead John. Yeah, well done. God, he was a good one, wasn't he? And he said, I remember you said a nice, juicy chicken, let's be honest, it, it's a lot nicer than a dry out old turkey anyway. It
0: probably is, but maybe, maybe, oh I see, maybe we should go for
1: like a brisket or something,
0: but will mm. Laura's parents accept that or will that be crossing a line?
1: It will be crossing a line because remember Jesus didn't have a brisket; he had exactly. a turkey. Yeah, you can't.
0: If we know anything, <laughs> Jesus hated know anything brisket.
1: Yes, Oh, a good brisket. If any of our listeners haven't made a good brisket, they don't know what they're missing, do they? No, they literally don't if they've never tried it. Yes, would you recommend that they do it? No, they do be a should. bit disappointed. I think they'll be a bit disappointed because they probably won't make it properly, will they? They'll, you know what, what they'll,
0: they'll do is they'll order brisket in um, in a hungry horse. <laughs> and they'll say, I don't get it. It's just some tough meat. Or they'll get brisket from where it, that awful brisket that you had. Where was that from?
1: Hungry horse.
0: No, that place we went when you were like you complained one time and then the next time you said, oh, it's my, and it wasn't much better. It was dreadful. And then
1: I had a brisket more recently that was beautiful, melt in the mouth. Mm Well, The problem with brisket is that a lot of people think, oh, people don't like fat, so they try and make it lean because they think lean is good. But actually, lean brisket is just chewing on a mouse mat. Yes, you do. <laughs> Absolutely yeah uh but, uh but 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 properly fatty brisket is is probably one of the nicest substantive foods you can eat actually I'm trying to think of anything that's nicer no, no, it's probably that isn't it sad that pulled pork is the
0: item that's everywhere, and brisket is not well because it's cheaper, isn't it well, and also who makes brisket Nick um uh, mr cow and who well no, who makes brisket and doesn't eat pork
1: oh do you dear. see my point? Yes, I do, yeah. your big pointy nose. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's my theory. Did you see the um uh, did you see the editor of Gay Times? I they they were Oh we've got a nice diverse hire. Whoopsie <laughs> It's an it's so there's uh, Zoella the off of the YouTube. She I don't like the I don't like the name
0: Zoella. Well it's not real, it's her pretend name. Okay. Her real name Zoe Guffface or something. I don't know. Zoe Ella yeah uh she is in a well, similar... on, oh, can you
1: explain can you explain to uh the listener what the issue is about uh, gay news because they don't read about gay things because they're homophobic remember oh i forgot about uh, that the listener was a big homophobe well like, uh, like the mr. editor josh of rivers... gay times it turns out
0: <laughs> like the editor of gay times mr josh rivers in the olden days said a lot <laughs> of really quite unpleasant things on twitter and then didn't and have by the olden days them when he changed his mind
1: and by the olden days, we mean like three or four years ago. <laughs>
0: yes, well, here's my th- here's my hot take on that. It's mm-hmm. okay to be wrong in the past if you're not wrong now.
1: Yeah, but you have to provide a proper explanation about your trajectory. You have to show your workings.
0: I am you on can't... a block list
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, of uh, people who are um, hateful towards the trans community
1: Yes, i
0: am not that um if you look at my timeline it tends to be if you look at what how what i actually think what i express what i retweet it goes against that as a concept it's not a core issue to my life it's not something i think no. about an enormous amount but no i'm not anti-trans however it turns out that a few years ago i uh defended a friend of mine who had said something foolish but I defended not what he'd said, but how that the, the way people were treating him
1: in response. Yeah, but but also on rumdoings, doings, you once said. Oh yeah, that, absolutely. Uh, but I think yes, you once you once about. said that uh, you once you once dared to suggest that some trans people didn't do their makeup very well. Well,
0: it wasn't just that; it was the it was the the language I used, and indeed the point I was trying to make. I learnt now, well, in hindsight, I learned was was born out of a bigotry, and it was a bigotry. I didn't. I when I saw it in myself, I went oh. Oh bums! And I was—I said to talk about this before, but I was amazingly okay. fortunate that uh, a, a trans person in the gaming community said to me, "I don't like the way you're behaving. I want to help you get better and and talk the matter through with me." And I learned, oh, and I—it I, it was the the light was shone on it. I realized, oh, ugh, that's not good about me at all, and I worked hard to fix it about myself. And I've always been mm. open about that. And so the consequence is, I was. A, a tr- Distantly associated with something that wasn't very nice, and got put mm. on this block list, and then permanently tarnished for the of course, rest of because time.
1: We, because originally, they because these these people will never will assume that you. Yes, exactly. It's a, is a it's a permanent. It's a permanent
0: scar. And and vile that's, people. And it, had I you know
1: tweeted a series
0: of incredibly offensive anti-trans comments, as indeed the editor of the Gay Times did.
1: Um, and homophobic and homophobic comments he did that as well he doesn't like the lesbians it turns out he doesn't he like the lesbians I know he didn't like the lesbians and he also doesn't like any any gays that uh, weren't pretty and slim as yes. well he yes. thought they should be killed so
0: yeah. I mean so yeah I can see that if or I, sort of, I tweeted a on, series no, of offensive things fair.
1: I could understand that people would go oh my goodness that's his reputation but hold on hold on he also didn't like the Asians he didn't like women yes he doesn't he like, like Jews. he didn't like Jews I mean basically he had, he had something for everybody diverse indeed I found, I actually, because the
0: BBC is, is so incompetent at reporting that it failed to actually say what any of the tweets said.
1: Quite.
0: Um, so I found another site and actually. You
1: know where I found site. it? I read In it on Pink, Pink News. Pink News, yeah, who are very, very pleased with themselves at the Yes, moment. indeed.
0: Their <laughs> yes. headline is Jews are gross, says GayTimes editor, which is actually a lie. Um, he was quoting a Family Guy joke.
1: Exactly, I thought that that was very, very silly. I mean, I think some of that—that that was some of his least uh, problematic stuff that he was saying, actually. He, later was,
0: on. I mean, there's a better, <laughs> it's a better one when he says, yes. "I wonder if they cast that guy as the Jew because of that effing ridiculously large honker of a nose." It must yeah, be something about it. So that's like slightly more traditional. And then Semitic. there was one,
1: yeah, and then there was one other one as well, something about Holocaust, or something. But the real problem that he had was his comments about body, the, you know, the body fascism stuff, the hatred of lesbians, all that kind of stuff, which is more directly problematic, I think, if you. Um if you're editing gay news, I agree. But if this
0: is stuff that he used to think, and then he's had a change three years ago, he's a few years ago he behaved this way, and then he went. He was confronted with that behaviour, recognised how awful
1: it was, and worked really hard to make himself a better person. And I don't he think
0: shouldn't I, be hanged, but I do, By
1: the I'll tell you what I don't. The, the one thing that doesn't read true is there was an article where he was actually taken through them, and he kind of say, "Wow, gosh, did I say that?" Well, yes, it it does come
0: across as a little disingenuous. His reply to Buzzfeed doesn't it? When he's saying, yeah. "Oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that yesterday."
1: You what you should have said is, "Yes, I was a complete. Yeah. I can't. I had this. Da- there was no notion of the actual Damascene moment." And then he said. Then he, then he said, Oh, well, I guess there was a lot of self-loathing there. I guess that's why. Now you don't get to do mm-hmm. that yet. You don't get to say, I, actually, I was the victim here by <laughs> yeah, saying. Exactly. You don't get, absolutely. Even if that, even that it ends up being true to a degree, it's not the rhetorical time to play that card, which suggests you're not a very good editor because editors need to be good at rhetoric.
0: It is, it's, it's an, so Zoella is the other one. Um, she apologises for offensive tweets. Now she's, the B have you noticed that the BBC got in trouble for always putting the age of women in the, in the news articles. So they'd always say such and such comma their age and never did it with men. Mm-hmm. So their solution for this is not just to add the age of men for context, but just to never mention anyone's ages, no matter how ridiculously apparent necessary. So in the story about, in the stories about, um... Uh, Mugabe McGarvey yesterday, they, re- they refused to put Grace's age at any point in this entire article, oh. <laughs> which is like it's the, the point is really relevant that she's fifty-two <laughs> and he's ninety-three, not because of oh my goodness age gap, but but because you know she is not. You know, the assumption that she's married to him, therefore might be a similar age, therefore might be similarly too late for her. It was really relevant that she was only in her 50s anyway. No,
1: it's it's the beginning of her career.
0: Exactly. So in the so in the Zoella story, they don't say how old she is at any point, but do say how old she was when she wrote the tweets, which is completely useless.
1: So who what does the well of this woman? So she's do? A,
0: she's a YouTube celebrity for doing uh tweet, for doing YouTube's about putting makeup on and stuff like that. She's very popular with <laughs> young people for reasons that mm-hmm. old people don't understand. That's fine. That's how it's meant to be. Yeah. Um but she in the past when she was 19, 20 tweeted just lots of fairly just fairly stupid but not particularly offensive things. Like what? She just said how that person was really fat. And so that's now fat shaming. Hello, I'm really fat. I I used to weigh 19 and a half stone. I now weigh just under 17 stone and I'm still very fat. I am fat. I have fat on me. Therefore, I am fat. It's not offensive to observe that I'm fat. It's offensive to say I don't matter because I'm fat or I am a worse person because I'm fat. But is it
1: offensive? Ah, but is it offensive to say you would be more aesthetically pleasing to my eye if you weren't as fat.
0: No, that's absolutely... Tr- if that's what you are attracted to, then that's true for you, absolutely. And And, and I say, I-, I prefer... I want your eyes to be closer together... This, fat sh- this idea that observing size is fat-shaming, it needs to be stopped. No, I've had enough of that. Mm. S- saying people okay, are good. disgusting because they're fat is is awful. Um, and yeah, saying and people are unhealthy because they're fat is factual. And then we need to just get some... No,
1: some no, it isn't. Here. No, no, uh, that's not. It, uh, the, it's saying some people are unhealthy because they are fat is not factual. Oh, actually. so no, you're right. That's a good that's point. It's about it. But the consequences of that fat are unhealthy say, for that person, is what y- I'm saying. Well, you can No, not even that. Were you saying... The reason people are fat is because of a malady that they're suffering. As one of the symptoms that you're seeing of an underlying metabolic problem. In other words, the fatness is is it's like saying oh uh you've, you've you've got a rash uh and that's the problem no it's the autoimmune thing that led to the rash F- fatness is a symptom of a problem and this is causing so many problems downstream like, oh well uh, losing weight by hook or by crook is the way to solve it no it isn't it's your fat is not a sin that you get rid of the sin and then you're all right it, fatness is a result of metabolic dysregulation that's causing lots of other problems that you can't see Thank God that you get fat because you know that um, people who are thin who can't get fat, do you know what happens to them immediately? They get diabetes. Mm-hmm. Your, your fatness is protecting you from the further ravages of disease. So it's not at all unhealthy state. You're you're very lucky that you are able to get fat. There are people who can't. And there's a particular problem, apparently. Uh, I was listening uh, to a, a doc's podcast with people from... Um, uh, Asian and Middle East societies, Far East societies, where uh, you know, in Indian people get terrible rates of diabetes, and one other thing happens is they're quite skinny. He says they come into their their offices, they're quite skinny, maybe just a tiny pop belly. And they've got ravaged with with early type two diabetes because their body is not efficient at sequestering the extra glucose into fat cells. So, uh, sorry to go a but actually it shows you how these things actually you can change the whole narrative by making people understand yeah, what's true. going on there. And then it, and then of course you say, well, no, it's not disgusting that you're fat. You're this person is lucky that they got fat, and I I would hope that they see this their body acting in this protective way as a as a way of of getting some help but of course sadly most doctors just see it as the fat is the disease therefore they can't say so what I do when i see a fat person is i feel kind of a despair that these people are not getting the societal help they need to treat an underlying disease in the same way that if i saw somebody with shingles wandering around who and everybody told them oh that's just because you're a bit bit lazy i i i'd feel disgust with a society that allows that to happen but anyway sorry about the rant so floella zoella <laughs> yes. is, is whinging about whinging she said, about so, large arses fairly
0: unpleasant things like she, she out of context this is from 2010 she said quotes why are these clothes so expensive and, and then adds because they're designer you tramp that there in your hand is the dress where for 2000 pounds Ha ha. so it just comes across as like a rich spoiled teenager but it's not something I, I don't that, a mind twen- that no.
1: someone in their late 20s needs to apologise for. because No, I also don't care about that either. Yeah. So that's, just inve- that's just invective. She Who says cares? it's
0: hard to believe that some people leave their house to go shopping with their hair hair that's so greasy it looks it's, looks like it's wet. Gag. And these are, these are the kind of things that she's being held up on and being forced no. to apologise for. No one no. needs to be forced to apologise no. for the dumb stuff they said as a teenager. No,
1: and, and also, you know, and also, frankly, if... If going out with greasy hair is something that makes you gag or is aesthetically problematic to you, just be honest and say it. Fine, I don't care. Yeah, maybe it does. And then, then maybe other people find other things annoying. They might find that her particular, if she went out in a scrunchie that pulled her forehead up, they might find that unpleasant as well. We need to stop suggesting that unless you find everything lovely... Uh, you're an offensive person. I think it's ridiculous, Mm -hmm. the notion of taking offence. Come on now, we need to grow up a little bit. And I think it sounds like Zoella may have grown up since then, and fine, that's all that needs to be done. It's not like saying you want to kill all the lesbians, is it? It's it's of a different quality.
0: And that's what's so crap about this, is that that it's all the replies to her saying... I'm the BBC quotes. I love it when BBC quotes just completely nobody. Someone with th- thirteen followers on Twitter uh, and yeah, promotes yeah. them as the, the mouthpiece of the society. Anyway, Taylor uh, underscore mm. Zamo says, "I'm disgusted at, at Zoella. We love a homophobic, fat shaming, classist." So no, yeah, you, d- you love someone who was once a teenager who who said nasty. And
1: things. also, and also, and also, uh, I, this "I'm offended" thing yeah. is just enough of that uh I, I i think what, what christopher hitchens said i'm offended and somebody said i'm offended and said and your argument is yes you know uh i'm offended is just saying that you uh you're probably getting off on feeling a certain uh you're feeling a certain way and you say, okay well you are that that's fine uh now let, let's let have uh what what it um what well, Hitchin say I've got the quote up. If someone tells me that I've hurt their feelings, I say I'm still waiting to hear what your point is. In this country I've been told that's offensive as if those two words constitute an argument or a comment. Not to me they don't, and I'm not running for anything, so I don't have to pretend to like people when I don't. <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, uh, he and, didn't uh, like women just because of their vaginas, which was a sort of downside to Christopher Hitchens. But...
1: Oh, I know. I think he liked women because of their vaginas very much. Well,
0: yes, he sort of went both ways with that, didn't he? But yes, his uh, the great thing about Christopher Hitchens is all he has to do in his uh, in his post post life status is not be his brother, and he's fine. <laughs> That's his inter- nothing. Nothing can be worse than Peter Hitchens.
1: Yes, there can be something far worse than Peter Hitchens. Come on, Richards, name something well worse know. than Peter Hitchens. It's going to be, have to be bad. Uh, believe me, you'll agree with me entirely. Let me remind you of who's going to be the next Prime Minister because of some weird PR thing that's going on. Do
0: you mean Boris Johnson?
1: No, worse than that.
0: Michael Gove?
1: Worse than that. Closer to home, John.
0: Oh, no. Mog won't be, Mog won't be Prime Minister.
1: Right, it's the 16th of November, 2017. Let's remember this little quote so we can play it back to John and put it in some funny (laughs) remix. Mog won't be Prime Minister. I state
0: categorically and that if he ever does become Prime Minister, I will Mm. chop my own head off. That's how sure I am.
1: William rees Mogg's going to become Prime Minister. He's not. He's just not going to become Prime Minister. He will? Nope. Yep. Nope. (laughs) Prime Minister Mogg. Just, what will you do? You know, seriously, why do you think he can't?
0: I don't... Th- my personal guess is I don't
1: think he has the ambition.
0: That's my but number what, one what, reason.
1: Why is he getting PR companies to push up his profile so massively in the last few months?
0: I so. think PR companies are coming to him and saying, like, hey, let's push up your profile. And he's sort of going... Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, mm. I don't... I don't feel like... He's he been everywhere.
1: But, but apparently... He's, he's he's the usual oh Moggy and Mog's thing and he beard on some you know T-shirt or something. He's getting a, yes, a an annoying cult following. And remember, remember um, Boris Johnson on "Have I got news for you?" And then look what happened.
0: Oh, I, I don't disagree that, but, but but notice how Boris Johnson has never been actually let near power, Let let near the real power. Mm, but he he might. I doubt it. I doubt very much he would become Prime Minister either. I think there's a certain line that Britain isn't going to cross. But that's probably, that's where I'd eat my words. But no, I don't mm. think Mogg will get there. I think he's, um, I think he is actually
1: too repellent. But can you agree that Mogg is worse than Peter Hitchens, at least? Um, oh, I don't know. Mogg's opinions are
0: worse. Mogg's heartfelt feelings are worse than Peter Hitchens. Because Peter Hitchens is... Uh, but the reason I think petitions is worse is because he's a slimy little contrarian. He'll say anything he doesn't think for money, and that I find more revolting and repulsive than someone like Mog, who is just a, 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 a just a deep set bigot who doesn't actually his bigotry doesn't actually cause any harm. I think you're being
1: nasty. When he says that his primary and overriding ethics and motivations is christianity
0: absolutely a christianity which he finds that supports arguments like food banks are good because it affords people the opportunity to be christian his christianity relies on the suffering of others to exist rather than exist to prevent the suffering of others he seems to have put his christianity on upside down
1: but he I, i i do believe him when he says he's a Christian and he believes in God. I don't think he's being disingenuous. Oh, of course, disingenuous. absolutely.
0: He wholeheartedly believes, but his beliefs are so peculiarly irrelevant to the Bible in which he claims to believe that he would make arguments like food banks are a wonderful thing. Indeed, wonderful I remember that. You, because it affords so people it, the opportunity to do so Christian acts.
1: So if you had the opportunity to, say, invite him to a coffee morning where you and he were sitting in a room nobody else is there so there's no over and you say you agree what stays in here what what's said in here stays in here and to talk for a couple of hours over your perceptions of Christianity and to ask about that would you do that? Absolutely,
0: I'd love to whereas mm. I have shared an office with Peter Hitchens I've shared a desk with Peter Hitchens and I would mm. never want to be in the same room as him again No So there you go
1: Alright, shall we say goodbye I to everybody? I think we should Alright, goodbye everybody thank you for not listening Well done for
0: never giving anything back for taking everything for granted ah, it's typical on, of on, you isn't it you've been like this on, since no, you are a teenager no
1: no we this we'll do this in the next podcast here's the cliffhanger yeah we got a postcard sent to us
0: no way you didn't tell me
1: it was sent to my office
0: amazing
1: it has an interesting comment on it and next week you'll hear what it says bye bye bye